Hello and welcome to part four of my Begonia Top 10 and today's Begonia. Well, I think this might be, well, it changes every day. I can't, I was about to say this might be my favourite Begonia of all time, but it does change every day. But this is up there. This is right up there, definitely among the top three. And it is the Begonia known as Begonia Lucerna. And this is a dramatic statement plant that can reach two metres or more when it is in a mature state. And I just love this plant because you're getting beautiful flowers and stunning foliage too. This cultivar, it's sometimes sold as Coralina de Lucerna or just as Lucerna. It was created um, about 130 years ago in Switzerland and it's one of those angel wing begonias that are popular among the cane begonias. So just to remind you, a cane begonia does what it says on the tin. The stems look like bamboo canes. These tend to be, in my experience, the toughest of the begonias. They're not going to worry if they don't get a bit of water for a bit. They're toughies. That's why they're heirloom plants and you see them uh, sitting in places just being completely ignored and still being fine. So the leaves of Lucerna are particularly stunning. They're about 15 centimetres long, covered in little silver spots. If you've listened to the Maculata episode, the polka dot begonia episode, you'll know that those silver splotches are caused by blister variegation. So air spaces underneath the epidermis of the plant rather than a colour uh, pigment uh, development issue. On the backs of the leaves, we get red and that is caused by pigment. That's caused by the anthocyanins, those red and purple making pigments that we find in all kinds of plants and in foods like beetroot. And there are a few different theories about what the red backs on leaves mean. Generally speaking, you can say that if a plant has red undersides, the ab axial uh, surface of the plant. Um, let's just break that down, what that actually means. So the underside of the leaf is known as ab axial because it's the opposite side from the stem of the plant, axial being stem, the axis of the plant. So if the ab axial surface is red, that's usually telling us that the plant grows in fairly low light conditions. There are a few different theories about what the red pigments do, what, how they're helping the plant in those low light conditions. One of the theories is that the anthocyanins help to bounce light back up through the leaf to maximise photosynthetic power by giving the light a chance to be used for a second time, because of course not all light gets used for photosynthesis as it passes through the leaf. The other theory Interesting too, actually, the idea being that, and I guess these two theories are actually completely enmeshed in many ways, that the pigment stops light from going through the leaf and therefore stops light reaching the ground underneath the leaves. And that means that competitor seedlings of other plants are going to have problems growing there because light levels are just going to be so low. So the anthocyanins help to block out any light from reaching the floor Plants growing in low light conditions already just don't need that kind of competition. So those are a couple of the theories about red backs to leaves. But if you do see a red back to a leaf, generally speaking, you're not going to be putting this in your sunniest windowsill.
that tangent over, let's get back to Coralina de Lucerna or just Lucerna. If you have failed with Rex begonias and maybe Maculata, Whitey as well, give this one a try. And if you're looking for one, I would suggest, this is slightly unconventional plant buying advice, but I would go onto something like Craigslist or ideally Facebook Marketplace and search there for the term begonia. Why? Well, because this is a plant that, as I say, is often an heirloom plant. People keep this in their family for generations and often it gets too big and they have to chop some bits up and pot them up. And they will sell those on Facebook Marketplace. Tends to be possibly the slightly older generation doing this. So it's a good way of getting a really nice plant that's well acclimatised to the conditions of a normal home that you won't have to hunt around for uh, or spend a fortune on. I mean, I'm just scrolling through Facebook Marketplace now and I can see, oh, so many desirable begonias here. Wow. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I, sorry, I'm getting distracted by looking at Facebook Marketplace and wanting to buy all these big begonias. So that's my top tip for begonia lucerna. Go on Facebook Marketplace Uh, or borrow your auntie's Facebook marketplace account if you don't have one and get on there and look for plants that way if you can't get one through the places you'd usually look or perhaps if they're out of your budget range. So this is a big plant as I've said two meters tall doesn't usually need a stake provided that you've got it in a sturdy old pot with a nice heaviness to it it should be fine without staking but you do need to trim this one back regularly to keep it bushy you don't want it to look too tall and um, sort of spindly. I say about staking because I don't know about you but I really hate staked plants. We've, we've covered this before in the orchid episode. This is a trope that you may recognise. Yeah, I just don't want to see a steak. And this is one of the reasons why Begonia lucerna is great. If you're giving it enough light, then you know what? It will not, it should not need staking. And I just think it totally ruins the look of the plant. So there you go. If you want to stake it, stake away. But it wouldn't be my choice. Do take some top cuttings just above a node trim back to just below a node, take off the lower leaves, stick it in a glass of water or an old milk bottle and wait till it uh, roots and then you can put that back into the pot or make a new plant and sell that on Facebook Marketplace. So yeah, it's a beautiful one. The pink flowers can come at any time. Uh, Mine are in flower right now and I think generally you might find that you get flowers over the sort of winter and springtime but I've seen them kind of coming in all times of year. And I will link in the show notes to a piece from the American Begonia Society. I've just rejoined. I let my membership lapse, but I've just rejoined recently. Definitely worth joining if you are interested in begonias. And there's a good piece about cane-like begonias in there, which I will link to. It gives some excellent advice about how and where to grow these plants. They need a lot of light. Mine's in my north-facing conservatory, getting heck tons of light, especially in summer. You can tell if it's getting too much light because the leaves will start to kind of bleach out, but it probably needs more light if you're one of these is looking miserable. It's not worried about humidity in the same way as some of the other begonias that we've talked about, like maculata. It's not going to be as bothered by soil dryness related to humidity at all. 
And unlike the advice I would give for the other begonias I've talked about so far, I would give this a heavier mix of compost. It doesn't need the really free draining mix that things like the Masoniana need. We will go into more detail about that at the end of this two week series. But yeah, have regular houseplant compost with a handful or two of perlite will do absolutely fine for this one. So that's Begonia lucerna. I love this begonia, as I say, it's very high up in my list and so worthy of growing. I would put this up there with, I think it might even be in my top five houseplants of all time, which I've never really actually fully thought about. But yeah, it's a good one. It's a great one. Tell me about your begonia lucerna and join me tomorrow for part five. We'll be halfway through my begonia top 10. But for now... Have a great day and enjoy your begonias. Bye. The music you heard in this episode was Roll Jordan Roll by the Joy Drops and Whistle by Benjamin Banger. All tracks are licensed under Creative Commons. Visit the show notes for details.